Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. It's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Take home the Honda of your dreams during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event going on now. Visit NorthernOhioHondaDealers.com. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, we're talking wind power with a major tech company providing a surprising new solution for one of the industry's biggest problems. We'll also provide a couple of examples of wind energy projects here in Ohio, one out in the middle of Lake Erie and another that's supplying energy to major corporations. All this and more coming up. President Trump got a lot of laughs when he mocked the Green New Deal and wind power recently. CBS News posted this clip to Twitter. When the wind stops blowing, that's the end of your electric. Let's hurry up. (laughs) Darling, darling, is the wind blowing today? I'd like to watch television, darling. But of course, as with everything when it comes to politics, there's more to the story. And in fact, wind power is actually growing in popularity nationwide, though it still provides only about 4 to 8 percent of all energy produced here. Iowa and South Dakota lead the U.S. in the amount of wind energy that they produce, but other states, like Ohio, are ramping up production as well. But there are challenges and obstacles to growth. One is state regulations, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Another, though, is, as the president mentioned, the intermittent nature of the resource. But now, Google has come up with what could be a game changer, the ability to predict when the wind will blow. Jeff Colvin from Fortune Magazine tells us how. Google has an artificial intelligence initiative called DeepMind, and it can now predict the power output of wind turbines 36 hours in advance. That means the owner of the turbines can make delivery commitments to the power grid up to a day ahead, and that's worth money because power delivery to the grid can now be scheduled in advance. Google figured this out by analyzing its own fleet of wind farms in the central U.S. They can generate enough power for a medium-sized city, but only when the wind is blowing. DeepMind studied the wind farms, weather forecasts, and historical turbine data to determine how to predict tomorrow's wind. The turbines don't generate any more power, but the company says the predictions have boosted the power's value by about 20 percent. I'm Jeff Colvin. Next, we have an update on an offshore wind farm project in Lake Erie. We first talked to Dave Karpinski, who's vice president of operations at Leadco, late last summer. Since then, he says their icebreaker wind project has gotten approval from the federal government. But they're still waiting on approval from state officials who are looking into how the wind turbines will affect birds and bats. We'll consist of six wind turbines that will be sited in a line that starts about eight miles off of the shore of Cleveland right almost downtown Cleveland. Uh, It will produce enough power from wind energy on the lake to power about 7,000 homes when it's operational. Why put them in Lake Erie and not, let's say, on some empty farmland somewhere? So it's all about the wind resource. Ohio doesn't have very great wind on land. We have a little bit in the northwest part of the state, but really the wind resource in the northeast part of the state is, is very low. We don't have vast open areas of land like you do in northwest Ohio with farms to put them on. But then when you contrast that with a resource over the lake and the amount of space out in the lake that's very far offshore out of everyone's view shed, you have a tremendously strong wind resource on the lake when you, as compared to on land. So 
one of the issues that people have brought up with regard to wind energy and pretty much the same thing for solar energy is that it only makes power when the wind is blowing or in the, in the case of solar the, when the sun is shining but then what i had heard is that there's all sorts of new battery technology for example tesla that you could take intermittent energy and then store it and then use it later on is that something you guys are looking into or is a possibility or that's absolutely right I mean, those things are all happening in parallel with us we're not kind of leading the charge on storage that's um there are many others doing that as you mentioned tesla was one of them but that's a key factor in i think the large-scale penetration now, what i would say if you look at a state like Iowa, Iowa is up to about 40% of their power coming from wind energy, and that's without massive storage. So this argument is not like a binary argument. It really comes into play. The more renewable energy you bring onto the grid, the more that becomes a factor. So where we are in Ohio, we have very little renewable energy at this point. You know, it's less than, I think, 2%. So we're a far cry away from the point where we're causing the issues. And, and Iowa is a, is a great example of a state that has a really large amount of renewable energy is managing that well. But but certainly when you think about the large, large scale renewable energy, energy storage will play a role in that. Smart grid technologies will play a role in that. So there's a lot of energy being focused on developing you know, new methods and technologies to manage the grid. So all these things come into play in this system that will make it robust and reliable and able to handle this intermittent energy source. Meanwhile, in Paulding County, which is a small rural community about 200 miles west of the Akron-Cleveland area, they've already got four big wind farms up and running. One of them, which began operating late last year, is providing green energy for all of General Motors plants in Ohio and Indiana. Another one that will be built soon will provide energy for Microsoft. We asked Paulding County Commissioner Ray Kloffenstein why his area is such a good location for wind farms. It takes three things in my mind to build a wind farm. First, you have to have landowners that are willing to lease. You have to have the wind, and you also have to have the electric infrastructure to put the power on the grid to be transported to where it's needed. And, you know, we have all of those. We have the electrical infrastructure to take the power. We have landowners that want it and welcome it. And our people are accepting, you know, with, with 19,000 people, we don't get a lot of opportunities to have investment in our county as far as new development. And even, even if we had, and I'm just, say if a Honda plant wanted to come here and needed a thousand workers, we don't have the people to provide. So in this case, and in my opinion, it's almost the perfect investment for our county. It, to date, over $700 million invested in our county. I had heard that the state had some pretty restrictive rules about how far back the actual wind turbines had to be from property lines and so forth, and that that was an impediment in some parts of the state, but it appears that it's not an issue there. Can you explain why? The first four wind farms that were built here, or the first four that are completed, were built under the original setback rules. So they have changed since those four were permitted and built. The one that is being built now, or getting ready to get started, is built under the new setback rules. And we know the original setback rules work. And the problem with the new build under the new setback rules is it takes a, 
50% to 100% more land area. And what that effectively does is it eliminates some of the landowners from getting turbines. It limits how many can be built because it takes more area to build them. And in my opinion, it was just a political maneuver to stop the development of the wind industry, which in our case, we welcome it here. Once a wind farm is built, are there any jobs available that employ people in your area, or is it pretty much once they're built, then really what it's generating is just revenue for the people that own the land? Yes, there is some employment. During construction, obviously, there's a lot more because there's construction crews. But after they're built, they still need maintained, and they still need operated. So it's not a huge employment number, but almost every business here now is still looking for a good employee. So the 15 or 20 people that they employ, maybe 40 people between the two counties, it's not a huge number, but they not only generate income for the landowners, they're a very good revenue generator for the county government, the local government. Everywhere here, they have done good things for. Are we talking about tax revenue for the county? What kind of taxes would those be? Yeah, it's, it's actually called a pilot payment, which is a payment in lieu of taxes. So it gets divided between the schools and 911 and the library and the jail bond. Everything that your taxes supported before, that's how the pilot payment gets divided. As far as revenue generation, it's huge for our county. Since 2013, the service fee or and pilot payment has generated about 10.8 million or closer to 10.9 million to date for Paulding County. And that's a pretty good chunk of revenue for you guys then? It's huge. It's very significant. It's about 8% of our county general fund budget. It's been a tremendous asset to our school district, but yeah, nothing but good. If you want to look at landowner payments, it varies between wind farms, but the last time I figured it, land payments are about 120% of what that pilot and service fee would be. So it's brought in 22 million between landowner payments and tax payments. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro, driven by your Northern Ohio Honda dealers. Tune in next week for more tech news and find out more online at WAKR.net. Take home the Honda of your dreams during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event going on now. Visit NorthernOhioHondaDealers.com.